Hey kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on Cinephile Hissy Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fantastic episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. You might be hearing something different tonight. That That's not Ian's voice. That, that's God. me. <laughs> that's me, the new blood. Uh, with me, I uh, have some very devilishly handsome men. Uh, to my virtual left... I have Ian with two E's. Ian? What's up? It's the ghost of Ian. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I just drank my uh, liquid IV or whatever it is, that sugar water that Kyle keeps telling me not to drink, but he's okay <laughs> with me drinking Pepsi that has more sugar in it. Um, and now I'm drinking Moosehead Canadian Lager. Now, can you real quick explain to me what liquid IV is? Because I, I have never heard of it I have no before. idea, but it makes me feel good. So It's like it's another brand of emergency. It's like a powdered thing you put in your drink, and it's supposed to rejuvenate your body with vitamins and minerals, when in reality, it's just a packet of sugar. Sugar with water. Some yeah, with sugar, water. And uh, it's, it's, it's not going for you, dude. It's not and a lot of salt. A and lot of salt. I mean, that's the whole thing, like the sodium. So it's like a hangover cure. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I- Ian, uh, have you been uh, watching, playing, reading anything recently? Oh. Oh, have I, Brendan? Uh, yes, a fantastic little movie by the name of. Drive, 1997, the better film named Drive. Um, absolutely fantastic. Wait, Mark, better than the Ryan Gosling one? Is that what you meant? That's yes. a tough call. Honestly, Is it's a tough call. Wait, wait, isn't that what you're talking about? You're putting me on the spot here, and Put if, I say, right if I say now, the wrong we, thing, you're going to light me up. I, I mean, I haven't seen either one of the movies, so. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I just want okay. to hear your stance on it. Oh, fuck. Um, well, Drive Ryan Gosling is more of a uh, kind of artsy film, more of a drama. Mm. Um, and then Drive 1997 featuring Mark DeCascos. Is that his name? Am I saying this that This right? is the Iron Chef. Yes, he is fantastic, bro. It is such a shame that he's not like a big name um, martial art actor. Such a shame. Because that movie was fantastic. The choreography, ugh, ugh, it's just so good. So, do his own so which one's better, though? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I slid out of that one. Um, Drive 1997 was more entertaining for me. Okay, Although well, they're both like good movies. They're both better good movies. movie. But like, if you had to say which one's a better <laughs> oh movie, like you had a gun in your head and they're like, hey, yeah. which is the better movie? What what comes out of your mouth? So the better made movie is is Drive with Ryan Gosling. Okay, yeah. Okay, so gotcha. 
But if I had to choose between like a watch, a movie night, it'd be Drive 1997. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I feel like I said that competently. Um, not to throw myself under the bus. Um, what else did I watch? Um, the Protector, which is Tony Jaw. That movie was mm. insane. And I watched the Junji Ito collection, the animated series on Funimation. Uh, I've been getting into Junji Ito quite a bit lately. I dove into, I caught up with my manga series, uh, Chainsaw Man, and then I went into uh, the Tom- Tomie uh, giant-ass collection that I have, and I am, I've been hooked. I've been absolutely hooked. I've been reading it every night, um, at least a chapter, or at least a, um, like a volume, and it's, it's a very uh, well-written story. Very well-written um, stories, sorry. Nice. But the Junji Ito collection is garbage. That's Next. The, that's the, like, 2002 one, right? It's or- from 2018. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, it's, the voice acting is horrendous. Um, so there's, like, two really creepy um, stories, but the others are just um, not done well at all and i I looked at a lot of the letterbox reviews and a lot of the five stars were really annoying to look at it was mostly yeah it was pretty entertaining five star and manga was better five star it's like what how does that make sense Ugh, ugh, icky well sounds like a well-rounded week of entertainment uh but to my right we got we got the man with the plan I don't know why I said that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'll that came it. from. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, we have the D skin himself. D skin. <laughs> hey boys, they call me Deer Skin Jacket. Also, Kyle with a K. Yeah. Um, I was I was having trouble getting that out. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, how you doing, Brendan? How you doing, Ian? How are you guys doing? You guys doing good? I'm getting lit. Letting you get lit? Okay. Um, Not shots deep like you guys, but... Well, you know. I personally indulged in some media. Started the week off with a little movie called Jackass Forever. And uh, I actually already had Paramount Plus because I was watching the Halo series. So this was just an added bonus that they added this to the uh, streaming service. And it was fantastic. It had me smiling the entire time. Um, it brought me back. I've grown up with Jackass. I was there since the very beginning and seeing it kind of, uh, transform into what it is today and having like a new cast and what appears to be a new, you know, set of people that are going to be taking this over and carrying the torch. It was a weird feeling to see. And, uh, as old as these guys are getting, like Steve-O and Johnny Knoxville and stuff, I still see them as like the young people I remember them in my head. Mm-hmm. So seeing them pass the torch like this was a very weird feeling. But um, the movie was awesome. And uh, I think they paid a really good tribute to the lineage of, of their work. And it was 
it was heartwarming with a lot of penises and i enjoyed it <laughs> uh two, um, two two questions about that real quick one sure. what is, what is your favorite stunt and two um who is your favorite new cast member oh my new favorite for sure was poopsie oh he, poopies. he's amazing poopies yeah yeah poopies was hilarious um my favorite stunt uh, I don't know. I I really enjoyed watching. Um, God, I forgot his name. I think it's, I think it's Aaron. I'm not sure, but he keeps getting hit in the balls. Oh, like, the yes. So it was just a well made kind of montage. First of all, as far as like from a filmmaking standpoint, the way they like cut all of them together at the same time was really cool. And uh, just seeing it, seeing the brutality of the shit he had to go through had me going like, dude, please just stop. Make it stop. <laughs> like, I felt so bad for the guy. But he was in it the whole time. The pogo at the, the end. The pogo stick, it, yep. It literally had me, like, covering one eye. Like, like <laughs> looking through my fingers, I was like, I can't, dude. I can't watch this one. Um, so that, that was intense. And I got to tell you right now, uh, the one where they place the... the the fish pulls over the head and have the tarantula walk in between them with dark shark. I would rather get punched in the balls by that giant black guy <laughs> than put that spider thing over my head. Like no way in hell would I ever do that ever do that. Fuck that. But, um, it was a good film. I really, really enjoyed it. It was like the production value and everything about that movie. Like they have it down. That It's the same director. So he's had, plenty of opportunities to kind of nail this and like i think this was a a good send off um i also watched hobo with a shotgun and uh that is um a rutger hauer film i'm trying to watch all of the rutger hauer films with him starring at least in the top three spots of the cast in letterbox because there's some where he's probably in the films for like fucking two minutes so i'm not really counting those but if he's in the top three spots in the cast list, I'm going to watch those films. And uh, Hobo with a Shotgun, I'm late to the party on this, I understand. But it was an absolute blast. The editing of the film was probably my favorite part about it. I thought this was going to be just like really corny, over-the-top shit, which it was. But they, they, they did it purposely that way like they they leaned into it really hard and were very self-aware of what they were trying to do so it didn't come off as like somebody trying to make a really bad over-the-top movie it almost like they were mocking it and it, it dude there's some shots in that movie like the fight scene in the apartment was so well done that like i was blown away like i was like that was actually a really good fucking fight scene like it was insane and um the practical effects were awesome uh shout out to canada getting a lot of people from trailer park boys in that film that was awesome to see because i'm a huge trailer park boys fan um overall though that that movie was definitely one to add to the list if you guys haven't seen it it gave me like hardcore vibes of uh like turbo kid and fucking um psycho Goreman, like very very stylized like that, but kind of like lower budget, but over the top. It was fun. And uh, I started a uh, Rutger Hauer list on Letterboxd, ranking all the Rutger Hauer films. Hmm. And so right now, it's number two, because I just started the journey. Uh, I have Hitcher at one and Hobo with a Shotgun at two. So we're going to continue that. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. 
lastly, uh, still <laughs> playing Ghostwire Tokyo and having a blast with that. Probably my game of the year so far. I won't lean too much into it, but that game is so addicting, so fun. The combat, the grind, the loop, just everything about that game is fantastic. The story's a little weak, but it holds it together in a way with the gameplay that it kind of keeps you coming back. And it's a really good game to just like also, it's a huge collectathon. So you can kind of just like put on a podcast and like fly around Japan and collect shit and like fight ghosts. It's really fun. Um, yeah, and that's it. Is that um, Hobo with a Shotgun uh, Magnet release? Mm, yes. yes, I think so. We had this conversation, yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. I love Magnet. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Owned by Mark Cuban, I believe. Or he's really? like some kind of... Um, he, he's involved in some way with a Magnet. Good for him. Yeah. Brendan. Hey, Brendan. <laughs> what have you been up to lately? Uh, oh, hey, Brendan. I, what have you been up to lately? I've been up to no good. Um, <laughs> I um, I finished season two of Twin Peaks, and I loved it. A lot of people were telling me that season two was weak, but I mean, there's like season two changes pace so many times like mm -hmm. i think it stops being about laura palmer by like the second or third episode mm -hmm. um and that that's fine that's fine um i i love the storyline uh gordon cole is amazing the scene where where gordon cole talks to shelly johnson for the first time and just that look on his face when he's like i can hear you now, he, he, he's he's still yelling to start um but no that scene was was so unbe unbelievably touching and then the later scene where uh i think it's annie dale shelley and gordon who are sitting at the table just eating pie together and he's like shelley i will tell you you are the most bewitching woman i've ever seen i would i would be i would be remiss if i didn't leave here without giving you a kiss so here it comes <laughs> and then uh, yeah and then fucking uh uh billy walks in um that's his name right yeah billy briggs um billy walks in and he's like what's going on and Gordon just looks at him. He's like, "I'm gonna kiss her again," and then he just <laughs> fucking kisses her again. Uh, uh, so I I thought that was fantastic. I can't wait for a fire walk with me and for the limited series. Yeah, we got to do a watch along together really soon with fire walk with me. Yes, yes, I'm ready. Um, I think you're gonna personally really dig season three because i i've said this in a previous cast but it's very divisive i think you're gonna i think you're gonna like it so I i'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts my arms are wide open like creed, like creed. hell yeah um and just real quick uh, a couple of the movies i watched uh butterfly effect three not hell as yeah. bad as the second one um i would honestly watch the third one again but not the second um so I re rank 
the butterfly effects? How how does that ranking go? Uh, I think it would probably go one three two. You like one the best. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because at, at least at, at the time, one was something new. Original. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I rewatched Malignant. Fantastic, as as it was the first time. Um, but for the first time, I watched Urban Legend. Oh, dude, I haven't seen that. In I so thought long. you've seen that movie. No, I've never seen it before. What? Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that so unbelievably much. It was. I think I I think I gave it a three and a half. Um, oh yeah, I gave it a plus one star for Julian Richings, Brad Dourif, and Loretta Devine, and minus one star for Robert Englund and Jared Leto. Um, yeah, so I enjoyed it. What's that movie about again? Uh, there's a a bunch of kids at a college who are being picked off one by one in urban legend format. And it just so mm-hmm. happens that there's a class on urban legends. Naturally. Um, it's, it's so fucking ridiculous. It's like, none of it makes any sense, but I'm, I'm here for the ride. Um, there actually, uh, there's a last podcast on the left episode about when, uh, the Danielle Harris character, um, when the main girl wakes up in the morning to find her dead, um, on the wall in her blood, it says, aren't something like, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights or something? Cause the killer was in the room with her, with both of them the whole time. Ooh, that's, um, and, uh, that's a really cool urban legend. That one gets yeah. under my skin. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. creepy. Um, but you know, what's not an urban legend, you know what we're here to talk about. <laughs> um, or Keys of Vito too. <laughs> Thank God, no. Uh, we are here to talk about the 2005 remake of the Vincent Price Vessel mm. House of Wax. So, uh, before we get into it, uh, had has had anyone seen House of Wax before watching this? Yes, I saw it in theaters. Oh, God damn. You make me so fucking jealous with these. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm old. <laughs> Ian? Yeah, I was I was in high school when I was in the high school. I was in the high school. <laughs> Ian? Oh, um this was the first time uh I've fully seen the movie. I've watched it previously up until they get to the town. And then I just changed changed the channel, I guess, or I don't know. But this was the first time, like fully watching it, all two hours of it. It doesn't feel like two hours, though. I think. Can I can I get some weigh in weigh in on that? What, you guys, do you guys <laughs> clearly, it felt like six hours to end to me. <laughs> was this a it, Netflix miniseries? It felt like it felt like uh, okay. It felt like two hours to me, but the positive thing I'll say is I never paused it to check how much was left, which is a good sign. (laughs) So, which I've done on a lot of movies on this cast. So, Um, so uh, okay, uh, Kyle. Oh, go ahead. There was a point where um, I did pause it, and I was like, "Dude, what the fuck? There's still like forty minutes left. How?" Um, And that was at like, oh yeah, yeah. That was like the one twenty mark. 
This movie should point. have been called Town of Wax. Town of Wax. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, be- before we get, get into the, the, whole, the whole thing, um, Ian, uh, give me your initial thoughts and how did you view it and would you, uh, what is it, rent, buy, or snap your copy in half if you had one already? So... I'm not going to say where I viewed it because it may or may not be the legitimate way of viewing it, but because um, I, I missed out on buying the collector's edition Scream Factory one that you guys got. and I'm You mean the I'm thing that could have had a one-day delivery? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just in a tight spot right now. Just in a tight spot. <laughs> it's okay. I'm but, kidding. Uh, um, uh, first thoughts... Um, it definitely scratched that early to mid 2000s horror vibe. And I think this is actually a much better movie than the House on the Haunted Hill remake. Okay. Would you. Uh... That's it? That was like a 20 second thing. That's all you got there? <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else for me? I really enjoyed it. I would definitely view this movie again. I am sad that I didn't get the Scream Factory uh, edition like you guys did. And I, I am really, I, uh, there's a lot that's weighing this movie down for me, but overall, I think that it is a very enjoyable experience and it is a lot of fun. Uh, I think I, I really wanted to watch the uh, special features. I don't know what's on it. I don't know if you guys viewed that, yeah. but um, I would love to see like a behind the scenes or a making of for this movie. There's a lot to dissect here. There, there is a lot to go over. Kyle, for give can you give me uh what was your movie theater experience on this oof okay so i snuck into it with a few friends uh it was if i remember i mean it had to have been a weekend because i would have been in high school at that point so i probably wouldn't have seen it during a a school night so but, but i remember the few people that i did go with i remember my friends um a couple i'm actually still in contact with now but a a couple not, but, uh, dude, yeah, uh, and that's actually the last time I've seen this movie was that first experience in the movie theater. So, so you haven't I, seen it in seventeen years. I have not seen it in seventeen years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I remember the experience. I did not remember the movie that much. I did remember certain scenes once they like you know came on screen and whatnot, but. Um, I watched this through purchasing the Shout Factory or Scream Factory uh, Collector's Edition, and I just gotta say, this movie fucking rocks, dude. Like, I don't know, I don't get the 2.8 letterboxed average on this film. I mean, to each their own, of course. To each own. I think this is a way better film than 2.8. It did give me, I mean, I had a lot of nostalgia just for the the way the, the I, I mean it it oozed 2000s and mm-hmm. it brought me back to high school and i fucking was all in on this movie but that being said i went into this with very low expectations and i also went into this thinking that i so my previous memory of this film was i talked myself into saying that like or thinking that i didn't enjoy it originally so I went into this movie like, oh, this it's going to be a corny 2000s fucking uh, the horror movie. And 
it wasn't corny to me like at all first of all it it exceeded my expectations quite a bit and i don't get i mean i get the negativity i guess and certain criticisms for sure which i'd like to hear if you guys have any cuz i'd like to talk about those but um no i i enjoyed the movie thoroughly and uh i'm going to go one step further and agree with ian that it is better than house on haunted hill however i do still if i if i could only pick one to watch for the rest of my life it would be house on haunted hill because i i do have more love in my heart for that movie however I do think that this is a better movie than House on Haunted Hill, hands down. But yes, I I did enjoy it, and I do own it, and yeah, I love to hear it. Uh, I this was one of the movies for me. Uh, I did also have a lot of nostalgia for it. This was always one of the movies that would be on like uh, the Sci Fi Thirty One Days of Halloween or AMC's Fright Fest. Um, and I, whenever I saw it on TV, I would always make sure that that. I I watched it. I I don't know why I didn't have it uh, a physical copy of it before we covered it. Um, but uh, you know, it's absolutely fantastic, Kyle. You hit the nail on the head. the The soundtrack in this for me is almost as good as the soundtrack in The Faculty. Yeah, and even the Whoa. original. Well, and even the original, like composing parts of it, like the score, like. In the beginning, it's very like Danny Elfman and like eerie, but like it, uh, do, listen to the beginning again. It's it's hardcore Danny Elfman vibes, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the soundtrack quite a bit. I mean, come on, they end the movie with my my chemical romance. Like it doesn't get much better than that. There also, I I didn't realize this, but there is a Marilyn Manson song in this as well. Yeah, yeah, it's um, when the the one guy's getting strapped to the chair. Or is it when she's getting strapped to the chair? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's when she's getting strapped to the chair. Um, oh, was that the song? That song yeah. slept. Which I, 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 do, I, I, I do want to bring up the, the, the chair strapping song, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, so just uh, this film had a... Actually, I, 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 want, I want to take you guys a guess. Just give me a higher or lower uh, for budget. $30 million. What do you think? Higher or lower? Ooh. That ending. Like, that seems ending, pretty bro. High. Pretty fucking high. I'm going to say... Um, what I'm was the number? I'm going to say lower. Just uh, because... 30. 30. Oh, just 30? because... Just because... Hear me out. Mm-hmm. It was a isolated set. There was no need for extras until the end. Um, it was just the core cast. Um, I, I think most of the budget probably went into the set design, obviously, and then building most of the buildings from the ground up. But other than that, there wasn't a, a lot of like locations and shit. So I, I, I'm going to have to go lower. I can't really figure out if the the Paris Hilton thing was a high budget um, mm. decision or a low budget decision, like oh, we need another actress, oh Paris Hilton, 
we'll just get her. She's cheap. Or if it was like, oh, we're getting this high celebrity, she we're gonna pay her a lot. Big at the time, yeah, yeah she, she was, she was big. pretty big at the time. Uh, and this so, was her first feature film. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go higher. It's probably like thirty-five. It is forty million dollars. Okay, good for them. Okay, so uh, you know what the set design shows that though too. Yeah, well, it, it, it does. It. Uh, in the Ian, you were asking about the special features. One of the things is called uh, the house that Wax built, or something like that. It was a very clever title, um, yes. where where they they go into so they they built this entire city from the ground up because Joel Silver, who's one of the people that started uh, Dark Castle Entertainment with Robert Zemeckis, um, who that's the guy that made that terrible Back to the Future movie, right? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, what so, uh, ever made? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a classic, so, that's for sure. They uh they 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 didn't want to use a backlot because they even they recognize, you know, backlots look like backlots. I mean, for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 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 new one, even if that wasn't on a backlot, I think it definitely looked like one. Um I so was gonna I, bring that up actually. Oh do you think that they did a backlot for that? Well, I was just well. We'll get into that later, but um, I do think that they did. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they they built this this town from the ground up. Uh. In the the whole design that they had for the House of Wax, like they they showed uh the original uh production drawings and stuff, and what what we see on screen looks a lot like what um the the final product looks like and well once once we get to the ending there's a cool uh vx vfx uh points i have um so uh, what what did you guys think of the cast because this is a this ca- you actually i one thing i did want to say is this cast has a ruminations of red rum alumni does anyone know who it is um, I'm trying to think. Paris Oden. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Was it Charles Bronson? <laughs> yeah, howdy, partner. Yeah. Or was it? I don't the... know. Oh wait, no, 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 no. I know who it is. It's John Abrahams because yep. he played the guy in the faculty, right? The fucking yep. kid or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. that dude. Who's yeah. in, uh, the scary movies. Yep. Yes. That's yes. Ah. Yeah. Uh, um. Good for him. I, I I personally love the cast. Uh, did you guys real uh, realize who played Vincent? Because I it it doesn't say it on it's IMDb. The same actor, I think, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the same dude that plays Bo. And I thought yeah. that, that was, I thought that that oh. was uh, I kind of thought that was clever. Yeah, I mean, uh, it it makes sense with them being twins, like the theme and um. Yeah, no, that that was dope. Was it just me, or did he look exactly like Bill Paxson? There were there were a few moments were, where I, yeah. I I can see what you're talking about. I was like, hey, what's he doing in here? <laughs> Bill, what you doing here, Bill? R.I.P. Um, and plus we got you know Paris Hilton, obviously, uh, Chad Michael Murray, who um, his career's gone down the toilet. Yeah, what's the and- last thing he was in? Uh, he's he, in a lot of stuff. He, Chad Michael Murray has been in three of the most recent Bruce Willis geezer teasers. <laughs> geezer three, teasers. Three of them. 
Not just one. One I could understand if you need if you need a couple bucks, but three of them? Yo, he Come was in on. The Haunting of Connecticut 2. Ghost of Georgia. Oh, if I did not know that. Okay, I said I re- think he was in a lot of stuff, but actually I'm looking through his like filmography right now, and the only movie I recognize him from is like a Cinderella story in 2004, so never mind. <laughs> Freaky Friday. And Freaky Friday, yeah. Um, and also, we have uh, Jared Padalecki. I don't know if you guys like Supernatural. Um, I, I think I think he's wonderful. I've never seen it, but I know it's like a big deal. Yeah, you know, I think he's a, a great actor. Um, I so, had a small brain moment where yeah. I was like, oh, that's the that's <laughs> that guy has the same haircut as the dude from Supernatural. <laughs> and then I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's the guy. <laughs> that's him. <laughs> that's the guy I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So uh, I I, I kind of just want to want to get into this because this is something that I completely forgot, Kyle. I'm not sure if you remembered it. Um, I love. I want to get your guys' thoughts on kind of the fake out opening that they give us, where throughout the whole movie, uh, up, up to a certain extent, we think that the characters that that the two children in the beginning are opposite and then we get that really interesting flip uh like halfway through um what 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 did you guys think of that whole juxtaposition of kind of us making us think in the beginning that that the dude with the fucked up face is the one being restrained as a child yeah um it was it was interesting for sure it gave me like it's definitely something that's been done before in the sense of like other movies um one that comes to mind is like sisters and stuff, but um, it was it was cool. I I do like the twin approach, um, the whole Siamese twin thing. I wasn't expecting that at all, um, so that was a like a cool little a cool little twist. Um, but it's definitely not something I was expecting. But it was a it was a nice touch. I honestly did not care about any of the plot twists. Um, that happened. Uh, I think that it, 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 when it happened, I was like, oh, cool, a twist. Yeah, and then I, it happened again, I, I was like, that. oh, another twist. Cool. Yeah, I feel that as well. And then at the end, the very end, it's like, oh, there's a third brother. Cool, I guess. So it didn't really, didn't really hit me as much as I feel like you, Brendan. I mean, I like that. I think it's creepy, and I love how all of these mid 2000s well 2000 slashers in general um they always leave it open for a sequel and i cuz i mean i highly doubt that if there was a house of wax 2 that guy would be the mastermind cuz he was a fucking idiot <laughs> well yeah that's part of the reason why like in the discord i was like no post credit scene i was like i was waiting for something else to happen i was like ah oh, fuck that sucks like fucking well, that right. guy <laughs> is my favorite character in every horror movie that like super creepy suspense suspenseful like hillbilly. Yeah. I fucking love those guys. Gets me hard. Oh. Brendan? <laughs> that does not get me hard, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was my handoff, sorry. <laughs> uh so after we have the the kind of fake out scene of, of them as children. Uh, did uh Kyle, did you watch the alternate opening for this? 
no, I didn't get a chance to because I didn't like I I was able to just fit in enough time for the movie. I wish I could have watched some special features and stuff before the cast, but I wasn't able to. I didn't have enough time. Uh, the sure. the alternate openings cool, but I'm glad that they didn't go for it. It's um Bo in his truck. There's a girl whose car breaks down. And um, she starts, and uh, her car's broken down. He's pulled in front of her, and she starts to walk towards his car, and he puts it in reverse. And she turns around, and she's like, fuck this dude. And the second she turns around, he slams on the gas, catches up to her, grabs her by the nape of her neck, and shoves her face through the windshield of her car. And it, like, degloves her face. That's cool. Okay, yeah. I need to see that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> opening. It's it's badass. It, it wouldn't have fit though. So I, I I like the the way that they went. Um, Why wouldn't it fit? Oh, well, because I guess they would have shown that he's the the baddie like before yeah. the reveal. I guess or yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, the opening is so fucking brutal. Like I have a note here that says kicks homeless kids cup, and then says get a job. Right oh, yeah, dick it, level. Funny Tom laughed at that. She was like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Like, how much of a dick do you have to be to do that? Like, what are you getting out of that? What are you getting out of that? Do you, yeah, do you the that? whole the whole dynamic between the friends in the very beginning was I don't think it was set up as well as the payoff. Like they seemed a lot more tight knit towards the end, but the beginning of the movie, they all kind of seemed like they hated each other. And yeah, it was like, why did they, they go on a trip together? Out? Yeah, exactly. Why was okay. the brother going with the sister if, like, he hated her and the boyfriend? Why was he going? Well, because Blake thinks that it makes... One of the lines is Blake thinks it makes him cooler to have Nick along. But that's that's one of the questions yeah. I have for you guys. Do you think that either A, Chad Michael Murray took it over the top, or do you think that that, char- that the character of Nick was just written, like, too assholey and just very unredeemable? I gave him a dick level of 8 out of 10, if that says anything. Um, I think that he went over the top, um, but it was very of its time and of the surrounding movies, so I didn't really notice it too much as like he went too far with the, with the role. I think they wrote him pretty well in the sense that... Um like I think the goal, what they were going for, was they wanted you to hate him in the beginning and like him at the end, and that's what happened for me. So the road of his story progression worked in a way of where I, in the beginning I was kind of like, okay, this guy's like over the top, dick. Like we get it. You fucking hate everyone. You hate everything. You're a big bad motherfucker. We understand. <laughs> and then um, it kind of transforms into he's just overprotective of his sister and you start to get to know a little bit more about his his backstory so you can kind of start to relate a little bit more to him um like is he still an asshole yeah he's still an asshole but like you kind of understand where he's coming from in certain regards and towards the end i was rooting for him so like it wasn't one of those things where i hated him the entire time i think it's funny that it took him like 20 plus years to stop being an asshole Like one, one, uh, I mean, you're on 23 years now, right? You're still <laughs> asshole, <so. laughs> I mean, Maybe I just need to go through this kind of experience. Who knows? I was going to say, you got there before you. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, I, 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 I agree, um, on that, that topic of Nick. Uh, do you guys think that Bo 
is just batshit fucking insane. And I'm not trying to mental shame, uh, mental health shame over here, but like, do you think that he just naturally goes through his day doing these things and having full relations with these wax people? Or do you, do you think that he noticed, uh, that Wade and Wade and Carly were in town and he was just hoping that they would stumble upon him? That's a really good question. Ian, I'm going to let you start. Yeah, he's a he's a psychopath for sure. A Venus flytrap, if you would. Um, all those people there. I don't know if... Oh, I forgot if the town was built specifically to capture these people or if mm. they like took over the town. No, then, uh, they they took over the town because yeah. uh, it, oh. it was an abandoned town because there used to be, uh, he said sugar the town was abandoned when the sugar mill. Oh, yeah. Which, which sugar mill, I thought that that was, a, that was an interesting uh, thing. <laughs> but yeah, so, so they just took over the town. Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know where the cutoff was from him and his brother, but it, it looked like it was head to head or maybe face to head so maybe he lost some kind of um oh piece of his brain in that uh in that transition to being individuals and there was apparently a third brother who we don't even know where he was connected but he so. wasn't a, he wasn't a twin though he was oh, okay. uh, a late a later brother gotcha gotcha um so yeah i um, mean yeah we have to assume that like he just i don't know if he leads people to the town, but I mean, he does happen to stumble across people on the highway. So, I mean, he did wreck the car. He knew that they were going to be in town looking for help. Um, Wait, so, so you, you think that he did uh, cut the fan belt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think he, no, he I, did. I think he ruined the fan belt. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't, don't you think then that he would have done it for the Escalade as well? It's a good question. Um, that, that, I don't, that is a good question. I mean, his motive could have been to split them up. Or okay. to, or to maybe just know that. I mean, if we were all driving together, for example, and we took two separate cars, if your car immediately got broken down, I think the only difference is, is I wasn't. I I, I don't think he was expecting for the other car to just leave, and like, <laughs> oh, we're, we're going to the football game without you guys. Later, guys, <laughs> we're gonna leave you guys here. Like, I was. I would probably imagine that he was expecting for the whole crew to roll together, uh, together to the town. Which also has me questioning, like, if it's just him and his brother, to take on, like, a group of six people, seven people. And the other brother. And the other brother. Like, that would have been a task for sure. Like, he would have had to have get or gotten them, like, like, the plan would have gotten way more complicated at that point. So, what was a 3v6, right? Because you had the the brother and then the friend and then the yeah. Paris Hilton and the boyfriend and then the other couple. Yeah. So three v six. I mean, not that's impossible doable. odds. Yeah, yeah, not impossible odds. Um, the sorry if I didn't answer your question. I hope I did. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you okay. did. Um, okay. Uh, I so trailed off there for a second. Uh, let Let's talk about the the characters getting into town. So the first two people that we have who come into town are Wade and Carly. Like we said, their uh, their fan belt is snapped, so they go into town to look for the fan belt. Um, did it bother anybody else when Jared Padalecki <gasps> just started walking into random fucking places? Dude, yes. 
Yes. <laughs> I even turned to Dom at one point and was like, dude, Mr. Curious, Curious Guy over here <laughs> just has to walk into every goddamn building and touch everything in every room before he leaves. The guy deserved it. He had wolves coming to him, dude. That's all I'm going to say. It's for movie purposes. I understand. <laughs> also, sorry, I just had a little epiphany right now. Um, I already assumed that uh Bo broke the belt but now it makes sense when he, he goes inside the auto shop and he's like he has a, a 15 and a oh, 17 he has every mm. single one but the one i have oh that makes sense shit. now that makes sense now sorry i just i put that together right now i i yeah. just did too yeah you think he went and checked the the under the hoods of both cars and he's like oh this one's got a 15 snip i mean if you know a lot about cars i think you can pretty much eye stuff like that Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Fair. written on. The I mean, he's too. like a mechanic, so that that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> or is he? Or is he? Yeah. <laughs> Great question. He's a man of many trades. Um, <laughs> just like Johnny Sins. <laughs> uh, what did What did you guys? Uh, so I, I noticed uh, a few bits of foreshadowing. Uh, now maybe I'm reaching on this. Uh, I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. Um, so. Uh, when uh, Wade walks into the House of Wax, he sits down at the piano and he starts to play the piano. Um, and obviously, that's where he ends up. Um, mm-hmm. Paris Hilton in the car is giving Blake is giving a blowjob and she gets a pull through <laughs> Yo, the head. She's just looking for her lip balm. Um, yeah. And, uh, and the other thing, uh, now, Carly doesn't die. But when Bo kidnaps her and takes her into the basement of the gas station, the song that's playing, the line is, and I quote, um, you cut off all your fingers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's, and, good and, for, that's good for sure. Yeah. Uh, I like I mean, that. It makes sense. Honestly um, thought in that um, scene that he was going to just stomp her finger and mm-hmm. like kind of break it. That would have been... That would have been cool. But he pulls out those snippers and just cuts that. Yeah, I mean, he was able to throw Nick off by looking like he was tying his shoe and just went, <laughs> yeah. just, just went into the snip, dude. <laughs> like nothing happened. Although, also, why... Sorry if I'm I'm throwing us off here, Brendan, but why glue her mouth shut when you could just duct tape it? Because even Dom was like, oh, if you like try hard enough, you could definitely probably peel off like separate the glue and that's exactly what happened i was like just duct tape her mouth bro it's less yeah, and she would have like, like holes in between her mouth like yeah just there's gotta be some mouth. holes i don't know sorry i digress um well no because i mean that that's that's uh i wanted to go into that scene that uh kyle were there uh any moments of this movie that you like viscerally remembered Honestly, it's mostly the end. Like it's mostly like the like the last final conclusion thing, like the last fight scene kind of thing in the House of Wax where it's all on fire and melting. That's what I remember the most. Um everything else was kind of off my radar, like away from my my memory. See, for me, the the three things that I remember very clearly is the finger scene, um the scene where Wade gets his Achilles tendon slit. Oh, mm, yeah. yeah. And then, um, so I'm going to ask your guys' opinions about these three scenes. But the third one is when Wade finally gets encased in the wax and Dalton comes in and starts to just fucking peel his face off. That is so 
fucking cool. I yeah. I loved that scene. And then when the thing fell on him and then it just shows his uh his teeth. Oh dude, that that they really committed to that uh to those practicals and I and it paid off for me. In full. Yeah, that part was intense. And it really made me think like how many people they've taken and and kind of turned into these fucking wax figures. Like another scene that made me think about that was when um it's towards the end and Paris Hilton is running through that room that has all the luggage and camping equipment and just things they've taken from people that they've taken from the road and like they have like just a mountain of people's possessions in this one room. And you're like, dude, they've been doing this for so long. And I'm actually surprised they didn't have more people in town considering um, how many people they probably killed. But to go back to that, because that's what made me think about all that, that that scene was intense. And uh, I think a lot of the gore in this was pretty cool. A lot better than I was expecting for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it it fully commits, and um, yeah. I it, it it pays off in a way that um, puts it above the rest in this sort of subcategory of like horror, which would be like two thousands, the two thousands genre, and for a lot of people that that is like a little subgenre. Um. So, uh, Ian, I'm, I'm going to start with you on this. I want you to hit me with your either favorite uh, moment, kill, uh, scene, um, j- just just your all-time favorite moment with the movie. Fuck. Um, let me look at my uh, notes here. Oh, I, I wrote creepy backwoods people in horror are such a turn on. That's I, I wrote that down. Nice. Imagine getting stuck on a two-foot ledge. Hashtag embarrassing. (laughs) That car scene. Fucking pathetic. Um oh, I'm not gonna talk about like my favorite scene, but I will talk about one scene in particular that made me stop the movie and be like, wow, there's 40 minutes left. And it's when they shoved they shot two arrows at Bo, one in like in the torso. And the the other in the arm, and he's barely holding himself together while they're in the house. And he comes home, and they decide to split up and hide. Don't really know if that was um, the smartest decision. I think it was actually the dumbest decision of the movie, in my <laughs> opinion. And um, wow, that it, it, the fact that there was like forty minutes left, I was like, this better fucking pay off. Like that was. In in the realm of like dumb decisions in horror movies, and there's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, there needs to be for story pre- progression and horror elements and things like that. But that was that was dumb, and it hit me hard. Well, thank you yeah. for giving me your favorite moment. <laughs> yeah, you can't like that. <laughs> so, which scene's your favorite, though? <laughs> I mean, I like the the scene where Wade is covered and they they knock the mm. thing off and his mouth is completely exposed that that was probably my favorite um effect and scene although the ending the ending that's fuck i mean it's hard to beat that it's really hard so those are my two favorites and i gave you a really shit shitty moment so (laughs) there you go (laughs) 
Kyle? I will say, to Ian's point, when they shot him with the initial arrow outside of the movie theater, Dom and I were screaming at the TV when they were walking away. We were like, go bash his goddamn head in. Why are you walking away? (laughs) Makes no sense. He had one arrow in him, and they're acting like they just shot him with a sniper rifle. (laughs) Like, he he got up. It was fine. Uh, Anyway, but, um, okay, so first and foremost, when Dalton trips down the staircase and... We got the killer, Vincent, walking down with those double blades, looking like a fucking G. Mm-hmm. And then the camera angle where he stabs it into him and you just assume it's into his like, you know, his chest or his shoulders. And then the camera where he pulls it away and the body just detaches itself from the head. Ah, oh, man, that I wrote down best kill. And then immediately after we get to the scene where Paris gets the hole oh. thrown through her goddamn head. I mm. literally grabbed my notebook. I looked down. I was like, well, better scratch out that last one. For best <laughs> kill kids, uh, <laughs> this one's sure taking its place. Uh, yeah. The Paris kill was awesome. Like that, like the whole, first of all, her hiding in the car was fucking stupid. She shouldn't have done that, obviously. But, um, yeah, man, that, that, that lunge he had and that run he had and the camera just with the, oh man, it was so cool. And they showed everything, even him like lodging it deeper and pulling it out. Like it all committed and showed everything. There was no cutaways. There was no bullshit like that. It was just, it committed to all of the gore. And I appreciate that quite a bit. Um, I will say though, the ending scene caught me by surprise, even though I did uh, partially remember it. Uh, That whole set design was insane there was a giant action fight scene with a house of wax burning and the melt like they're melting into it like think about that today okay that people don't make movies like this anymore you know what i mean like that was insane and like them going up the stairs and sinking into the stairs and like all that was i mean the end was my favorite but i will say one other thing about the end there was one piece of camera work that was really cool. And it's when she, um, it's when Carly takes the bat to Bo's face. It almost, go back and watch this. I want you guys to go back and watch this. It's, it's, it's cut in a way, and the camera follows the bat in a way that it's like attached to the bat. Mm-hmm. And it like slides into the camera with him. Yeah. And kind of like transitions and like pulls back and around. It's really fucking impressive. I actually, rewound it and watch it again go check that out if you don't remember what i'm talking about because it's really cool but um i i also i I rewound that scene a few times because i could not find the cut in there yeah there wasn't like and it like it it's almost like they sped up the swing and they follow the bat and then it pulls back super fast and like spins around bow it's it's legitimately like a like a martial arts choreographed like camera <laughs> angle. It's insane. Like go go check okay. it out. I might yeah. have not remembered it that well. If yeah, it no, was no, that no. impressive, I, I probably was, would have taken taken note. But I got I think I got to go back. Yeah, yeah, it's a trip, dude. Um. So be, before we do get into our final thoughts, I did just want to touch on the the final set design. Also, I feel like Blake's kill was boring how did he die he just gets stabbed in the neck by vincent and it's he, off he it's off screen. off screen yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I, 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 I do I, like I, that he like came back and hit him 
in the in the knife. And oh yeah, yeah, and, and then later on, you see him uh, uh, melting or heating up a spoon to fix his face. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, so yeah, that that end fight or that that end uh, set design uh, in one of the special features, the director um, who I'm not even going to try to say his name because I can't pronounce it. Um, but uh, he said that uh, Joel Silver and Robert Zemeckis came up to him basically and said, if you want, we can do this a bit cheaper and uh, use more CGI. And he was like, no, I want everything that can be filmed practical to be practical. So yeah. so the melting that we see, if it's, you know, like outside shots or cutaway shots, they made a um, a 116th and a one. 32nd uh scale model and then they melted that and that's how they got a lot of the exterior melting shots and everything um but there there was only one point where i noticed some really bad cgi and that's when nick and carly um have that moment where they're poking out from behind the letter a um and you can see everything melting in the back and it, it it doesn't it doesn't look that good uh, do you guys remember that shot? The color's super mm. dim and it yeah. looks so fake. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but besides that, uh, and I, I think you guys pretty much gave me your thoughts, but uh any 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 um anything that you want to say about like that whole final scene in a melting house that it ta- that thing melts for over 10 minutes. It's amazing. I love that they fully commit again, like <laughs> They built this fucking house of wax, like actual house of wax. Like that's something that I don't think a lot of people would would do nowadays. I don't think anyone would do nowadays. Um, and that's man, you have to really respect this movie just for that um, that aspect. I really liked how this this film played into making the town like a character of its own. I really think that that's what, where Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the new one failed mm-hmm. is they, they did not play and utilize the town and their setting well enough. And I think that was holding the movie back quite a bit. This, they had a, they could have looked back at this movie and learned a lot. And, uh, I really was, was blown away by the ending because I am really into, when things just go so crazy and like take such a crazy turn in a way that's like not in the same theme of the movie, but it it keeps the same tone and it just commits. And I think it did that in the end. And it was, it was a house of wax, man. It was, it it was the final boss. (laughs) (laughs) The name of the movie. Yeah. It was the final boss, man. It was awesome. Uh, Well, I'm, I'm glad that, you and I share a lot of the uh, the same excitement uh, for this movie, but it's now come down to those final moments. Ian, give me your score. Damn, I feel bad that you didn't like talk about this movie at all, Brendan. <laughs> um, I, I, even if you don't like this movie, and there's a lot of problems, there's so many fucking problems with this movie. It's too long. The acting is, is call it what you want. Uh, but you have to respect the fact that um, everything is practical. 
um, except for obviously the the one scene that we called out. Um, it's a pretty well made movie, um, as well as a like cheesy or two thousands horror can get. Uh, I was originally going to give it a seventy, but after this talk and having a newfound appreciation for and, and kind of just realization of um the work the amount of work that an effort that they put into this movie i'm gonna give it a, i'm gonna give it a bit of a higher rating gonna bit a bit, 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 bit higher rating uh of a 78 damn hell yeah that's hell high yeah butt. okay yeah. okay okay kyle um, I went into this movie with low expectations. I mean, it's starring Paris Hilton, no offense. Uh, <laughs> and I was surprised how uh, it was not as corny as I thought it was going to be. It was way better shot than I thought it was going to be. And the story, as, as uh, kind of wacky as it was, was interesting for a horror concept. I enjoyed it. And... It, it was just fun. It's a fun movie. Um, I was originally going to give this movie a 78%. But, <laughs> but I honestly can't... Like, I, I think I've just pretty much kind of gushed about it the whole the whole episode. So I'm going to bump it up to an 81. Whoa! <laughs> all right, all right. Um, This kind of... Uh, Kyle, when I first met you, um, when we had our first... Uh, conversation over discord my my interview i guess you could say i i told you um when you asked me what my favorite uh subgenre was i told you uh early to mid 2000s slashers uh this movie i think out of that subgenre is closer to the top of of how entertaining and good um 2000s slashers can be when there's a lot of love and care put into it um, this for me has always kind of been a hangover movie, and I was very hungover today. Uh, thank you, mom and dad. Um, and getting to just like lay in bed and drink coffee and watch this, I was just, I was, I loved it. I, I love this movie. This is a great hangover movie. Um, I'm going to give it an 85. Hell yeah. So that brings the final That's so high for house of wax 2005 <laughs> i i i disagree so this brings the official ruminations of red rum rating to an 81.3 repeating that is by reputation that is very I, high i think this movie on letterbox is criminally underrated I, criminally I, I, yeah. underrated yeah um i wouldn't say criminally i would say it, it deserves at least a three star average at least yeah. a three star average this a d movie, yeah this movie to me is not an f plus i i but. agree um oh but also you know what this means this is my first time Ooh. actually getting to do this is it French? Is it rotten? I don't know. Is it French? Um, I am so excited to be hosting this game. You guys have no clue. I I wrote down 
I think, 80 movies to, to pick for this. Jesus. And it was so hard for me. I ended up picking five just in case there needs to be a tiebreaker. Um, but I, you guys have no clue how excited I am for this. Um, are ready. you guys, uh, you guys ready to, to jump right into the first one? Let's go. All right. <clears throat> a group of actors set out to make an adult film in rural Texas under the noses of their reclusive hosts. But when the elderly couple catches their young guests in the act, the cast finds themselves in a desperate fight for their lives. And this is audience score, right? It's really funny because I don't, I I didn't check the score for this. So (laughs) I'm going to go fresh. I'm going to go fresh. We got two freshes and we got two correct answers. Hey, guess the percentage. I wanted to say that so bad. I'm going to (laughs) go, I'm going to go 84. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. But I'm going to do you one better. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 81. Ooh, just getting it by the D skin itself, Kyle. Oh, it's a 74. So you got it I just am. on the nose. I'm telling you, baby. Telling you. Oh shit! I should probably uh, let me get a pen to write this down. That would be helpful. That's what a good host would do, right? Hey, it's your first. So, okay. All right. Are we ready? For number two. Ready? Yeah. A heavily sedated woman with ESP tries... Wait, oh wait, I, I didn't... Uh, um, That movie <laughs> that, that we just did... Oh yeah, that was X. Is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I forgot uh, that part. Uh, it is 2022's X, written and directed by Ty West. Genre, horror, mystery, and thriller. Weren't you supposed to give us the genre? Did I? I do I do the genre? I thought I did. I think you I, skipped over it, but we both know what movie it was, so it's okay. fine. Okay, number two: a heavily sedated woman with ESP tries to escape from the secluded commune where she's been held captive. What's oh, the genre? Genre: sci-fi. I think it is more sci-fi horror, though. But I'm going to go. Rotten. Hmm. Sci-fi movies typically, sci-fi horrors typically don't do very well. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna go rotten as well. Those are two rotten tomatoes because you are correct. Hey, guess mm-hmm. the percentage. This is where it's gonna be a little tricky. Can you? How bad are we talking? You know, recite the summary, please. Poor Flavor. A heavily sedated woman with ESP tries to escape from the secluded commune where she's been held captive. Sounds like my ex-wife. <laughs> I think I know this movie. No, but it, it's it's more horror. It's definitely I'm not gonna sci-fi. go. I'm gonna go forty-nine. My initial thought is Gothica, but I know it's not the answer. I'm gonna go. 40. Kyle, you are correct. It is 52. The movie is 2011's Beyond the Black Rainbow, written and directed by Panos Cosmatos. 
Oh. Panos have you, have Cosmatos. You, have you guys seen that? That's the guy that did Mandy. No, I have not. I've seen Mandy, though, and I enjoy it. All right. Number three. Genre. Mystery. Thriller. Semi-musical. Ooh, I like musicals. Two mermaid sisters become caught in a love triangle when they fall for the same man. Or nor. (sighs) Is that it? I got my socks stuck in the washer. (laughs) This has to be rotten. Has to be. Um, Two mermaids. I'll I'll read it again. Two mermaids. You know what? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Just for the sake of rooting on for my musicals, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fresh. Ian, what did you say? Rotten. I said rotten. It is fresh. How the fuck? <laughs> Guess Jesus. the percentage. I'm going to go 70. Well, someone's on a roll today. <laughs> that is so fucking annoying. We got. Sorry, Ian. I don't know what to tell you. We got a is 72. It is. 2015. Wait, no, if it's, oh, no, wait, yeah, I guess 70. Uh, okay. It is Sorry, 2015's The Lure, written by Hanjiska Samakowska and written by Robert Balesto. I, I love it. Okay. I, 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 it's, it's, I think it's so cool. Um, what is it called? Lacour? Yep. Yeah, no, it's called The Lore. L- oh, The Lore. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm drinking a LaCroix right now (laughs) (laughs) next Uh, alright so there's a Ian unless you guess the percentage correctly on this one Kyle's gonna take it Um, but uh, I'm rooting for you I'm not gonna take it either way I'm bad at math but Uh, I think he's up by like four yeah so no he's, he's he's up by three Oh, gotcha, okay. gotcha. Yeah. oh, it's anyone's game. It is anyone's <laughs> game. Here you go, baby. Except for mine. You got this. You got this, Ian. You got. I believe you. I want you to take the lead on this one. Gotcha. I wouldn't take the lead. I would just touch. Okay, we'll tie it up, bitch. And you have to get it wrong. Genre horror. Wax sculptor Henry is horrified to learn that his business partner, Matthew, plans on torching their wax museum to collect on the insurance money. Henry miraculously survives a fiery confrontation with Matthew and reemerges some years hence with a museum of his own. But when the appearance of Henry's new wax sculptures occur at the same time that a number of corpses vanish from the city morgue, art student Sue Allen begins suspecting wrongdoing. I could throw this, but I won't. <laughs> so this is the original House of Wax, right? I don't yes. know. I kind of want yes. you to to uh, uh, recite the the summary again. But could you just do the first part, <clears throat> the first sentence for me, please? Okay. Do you want me to do the whole thing? I will. No. No. Okay. God, no. <laughs> wax wax sculptor Henry is horrified to learn that his business partner Matthew plans on torching their wax museum to collect on the insurance policy. Mm-hmm. So it's ob- obviously fresh. Otherwise, they wouldn't remake this movie. And then Kyle's going to go fresh as well. Fresh as well. So that's game. But it 
is fresh. Guess number 10. I don't think this one is as high as his other stuff. I'm going to go 87. I'm going to go 76. It is 73. Oh. Almost almost brought it back, but not enough. No, I I didn't say what it was. Jesus Christ. Uh, 1953's House of Wax, directed by Andre de Toth and written by Charles Belden and Crane Wilbur. Has anyone seen that? I have. I saw it a long time ago. I don't, I don't quite remember it. Um, so, Kyle, you take it one step closer to that Dobby statue that you're going to buy for yourself. Brendan, how did it feel to host the Fresh or Frozen? so unbelievably fun like i'm almost at the point where i would be happy to bow out of the race just so i could host it every week <laughs> i mean there is no race but like oh it would, it would mean, be you and it, it, it's getting there <laughs> so literally just you versus Scott. dude we have a whole uh, year though Ian, you got plenty of time a year of this shit a year of it fuck <laughs> yeah year, a year can i just host the rest of this year i mean we'll see I don't know. I kind of enjoyed hosting, but we'll we'll, we'll get it. How about uh, we'll we'll do a death battle? Best uh, best uh, four out of let's five. Let's do a rap battle. Let's do a rap oh. battle. Oh, I'm the new blood, and I'm here to say. Uh, I gotta say though, too. I think uh, times are getting to that point where uh, the evolution from new blood to something else might have to change because you're not I so was, new anymore. I, I was thinking that. I was thinking that. To be continued. To be continued. T B C. But. This has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. The Paris Hilton striptease of the Ruminations Radio Network. Huh? That's not too bad, right? Uh, if you're like what we're doing here, uh, if you like what we're doing here, uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Ruminations of Red Rum and on Twitter at OF Red Rum. Uh, also, uh, join our discord. What is our, what is our, how do people get to our discord? Do they just search us? You go on our Twitter and then click on the link and that's how you join. And like I said, in our, our bio, tw- link in the our, link in our bio. Our Twitter. Is there also a way to join through discord itself? You have to go on Discord website and look for ruminations of red room. Yes. Cool. We are hosting uh, weekly movies. Yeah, movie of the week, if you would, um, and it's getting a little lively. So, what what is uh, this week's movie again? Um, this week's movie we haven't voted on yet. Oh, the movie that we're watching tomorrow. Um, oh, the movie we're watching tomorrow. It's like <laughs> terrifying girls. Oh, the, high, oh that's wait, right. terrifying. Yeah, high school girls, Lynch Law classroom, something like that. So, like all all high school girls. <laughs> so a banger. Um, <laughs> but uh you know please subscribe to us on itunes and spotify uh hit us up with re- a review and a rating um you can now rate stuff on spotify as well uh so please give us a five stars it would be nice you know um but that being said i am your host the new blood and with me has been ian with 
to Wee's baby Michael obviously got to give you a shout out. Um, listeners, uh, if you haven't seen this movie, go out and watch it. Uh, I think it'll make your day better if you're a horror fan and you like dumb movies. Um, and if you don't like this movie, watch it again. Hopefully, this episode will uh, give you a better understanding of this real cinema, real kino experience. Thank you. And also with us, the ever wonderful Kyle with the gay Alicia Cuthbert is a smokehouse, <laughs> dude. And I want everybody to know that because she is. And she's a good final girl, and she's not brought up in conversation with final girls very often, and that needs to change, and I'm going to start it right after this on Twitter. Hashtag Smokehouse. Also, shout out to Jet and Fug84 in the Discord. You guys are active, and you guys are uh, definitely supporting us, and we appreciate you. We hope you're listening to this, and peace to your mothers, all your mothers out there. Stay spooky, folks.